are going. Yes. And then the way everybody around him is going with his feet and not with his hands. So like it was like it was on time. You could bob your head to it, but yet you couldn't sit there and tap your fingers to the pattern because you could Right. <laughs> like like I'm a percussionist. I can mimic the beat. But like only for so long cuz that's not something I do often. But when I hear the song I'm just thinking and it's like I just it's so just like something the beat, I the hold beat is dear. staying the beat is staying but the riff sounds like it's off time right the way the the guitar moves up the notes and yeah. the way that the I it, I don't know exactly how to explain it I'll explain it right here the rhythm is keeping you the rhythm is locking you in. You can follow the rhythm, right? Because it's steady, it's repetitive. Right. But the way the riff, the notes are climbing up the riff is just off enough to make you go, oh, what the fuck is this? It's like, it's, it's like playing, intriguing you. It's playing two different time signatures at the yes. same time. It's a polyrhythm. Yeah, okay, yeah, literally that's what they're doing, but like it it feels like that, but it doesn't well, it's feel not, like that. And it's, it's actually so not intriguing. a polyrhythm. I don't want to say that. I don't think it's a polyrhythm because because they are playing in lockstep. They're all playing the same thing. Yeah, and it's all but, off but, time but in because this. because they hold that first note of the pattern for a little bit longer and then they climb the next two notes or whatever it is. The next couple notes, right? They climb those in a shorter, like in a kind of like an ascending pattern, and then they come back to the bass. I don't. I think it's three four. I don't think it's two four. See, I don't know the time. I don't know timing like that. I think because my, when you when you tap your fingers to it, it it adds up in threes. You know what I mean? But God, when people talk about numbers like that, I go, I can fucking figure. <laughs> I can count. I can count this pattern in multiple numbers, dude. <laughs> right. You can feel it, but like the way, and especially in this song, the way they play it, it's, it's like, it feels like three, eight, because you to have me, to that's, count it multiple times before it resets. To me, that song is, so what you're just talking about, what, now that you've like triggered it in my memory, to me, that is what Lamb of God just continued. I love Lamb of God, dude, but I don't know their new stuff. I quit really listening to them after 2015. I bought their Wrath album, and it was like... Sacrament to me was just repetitive. I listened to the highlight songs, like like 11th Hour and Hourglass. Like, gotta love those songs. So, like, Late to Rest was, like, the, the core for me. That era. Okay. Okay. And then Sacrament came out and, and I was like, I I see the riff. Like, it's like you came up with a really cool riff like you used to. But you're just, you're just, but you're just pattern, living yeah. on that. You're just living on that riff, dude. Have and, you and heard the Wrath me. album? I, I'm sure I, I've heard a little bit of it. I don't remember it by name, though. Because I know, yeah. I know Set to Fail was a really... Uh, popular single when it came out but the wrath album is just also i guess you could say it was also different but 
but they did some things that were the same, like having a slower, um, uh, uh, what do you call the pause in something? It starts with the I, but like they got like some songs and then something that would represent a, a pause. And then the end of it is like, it's, it's repetitive, but, but everything is different, dude. The wrath album. So I did a better composition. Like they actually brought you somewhere. Yeah, dude. A lot of people are like, sacrament was like, here's a riff. And it was kind of like cookie cutter structure with a really cool riff. But the thing is the guy came up with a really cool riff and he's like, we're going to use this riff the whole song, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. And if you don't know their music prior, you, you can fall for that. Yeah. But but if you know their music, you'll take what songs you like and then don't fuck with the rest of the album. Let's I'll, let me also like in my eyes, back in like the late to rest, I forget the album, Ashes of the Wake, right? Yes. So back in that day, their shit was less the the guitar work for the most part was less technical. But the song had ups and downs. The song brought you somewhere. When the chorus hit and Chris Adler started hitting the drums in halftime and hitting hard, it made you feel a certain way. And then the verse would come and it would change and it would slow down a bit. And then like, and then they'd build up and then they'd hit you again with like, and like it brought you somewhere. And then like, I feel like Sacrament was like, the guitar work seemed really interesting. They brought a really cool lick. But then the guy just right. lived on that lick and like the, it just kind of felt stagnant the whole way through. So let me tell you why. And this is half speculation, half fact, but it is Chris. It was Chris Adler's band. Right. And it was Chris and Willie, the guitar player. And so Willie would play off the back of Chris. And for Wait, so- a while, Chris would it was hard first? for second. Are you saying Chris would write first? No, most Chris has right yes. off guitar. Yes. No, the drums come first in, in most songs. Like That's theoretically. Not how I know it. Because the timing has to come first. And the drums the way is I the know timing. it is why I know it is guitarists come up with a basic note structure. That's most of the time because say, for example, Nirvana, the the guy who made the band was the guitar player. But the guy who made Lamb of God was the drummer. But he not only made the songs, but he was also the band band manager. Yeah, Willie. Willie Adler was the guitar player. So the guitar player would play off the back of the drums, which is why it was so repetitive. But the dude could also shred. So he would play the same shit and it'll come time to shred and then he would shred. But it came to a point where they had trouble making the music because he was the band manager, Chris Adler. And so he had to quit being the band manager and hire somebody else to do it. And that's when they started to get bigger and they could make more complex music. So it was really Chris Adler's band for the, for a long time. Yeah. And how Randy Blythe worked worked that in, I don't know. Because I don't know 
my role where I play music is a lot different than their roles where they play music. Right. But uh, it was really Chris Adler's band for a long time. And then it turned into being all of their band, which is why the music changed up, but it remained relatively the same. But that's the same same reason why when he left the band, it's just not the same as it was. You know what I mean? I have. So bringing this directly into my world, Chris Adler produced and played drums on one of my top three bands, one of their albums. Okay. And that Who's was Protest that? the Hero. I think I read about that, but I don't know them. Like, yeah, like so I know the name, of course. That's really big. I know the name, but I don't listen to that kind of warp tour type of shit. This is fucking this these guys are well beyond warp tour. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta look I gotta look it up before I say anything too specific because I don't know so them. These guys Um, dude, I, it's really, really hard to explain this band to somebody. When these guys, when I discovered these guys, when I found out about them, they were, I say discovered like I'm some fucking <laughs> record executive. When I found out about this band, okay, I was young. These guys were like just out of high school, like in a, in a, actually. Their first album, I think they were in high school. And they have a high-pitched singer. They write super complex leads. And almost to like a punk sort of a background. Okay. And it's absurd. It's it, it's like the, it's like it's progressive as fuck without being like brutally heavy. You know when you see some of them big posters and it's got a bunch of band names on it? Like, I'll see that name. And then I just associate it with a used and attack attack and stuff like that. And then I just don't even give it a chance. Which is no fault of other than my own. No, well, it's also part of what their marketing was. Right. And that's the the biggest problem with them was the marketing. So these guys came out with an album. I was obsessed with it. It was like toward, it was in like in high school for me. Um, they might have had two albums or whatever, and then they got fucked over, or or they oh, just big, did big surprise. Yeah, whatever happened, they didn't like something. Something didn't go right. Right, they ended up crowdfunding an entire album. And this was before fucking Instagram and Twitter. Right, right. They crowdfunded an entire album just off the backs of their fans. And I believe that's the album that Chris Adler produced and drummed on because they lost the drummer at one point and one album, Chris Adler played the drums for the entire album. That's nuts. Yeah. And it's not it's not bad at all. Like you can, I can tell the difference because it's not like their drummer, right? But he's a good enough drummer. It, it was fine. Chris Adler's nuts, dude. He's a very good drummer, but their original drummer was better. 
you know, opinion, sure, maybe. But the original drummer was technically better. If you listen to it side by side, he was a fucking nuts. Like I'm I can't I can't dismiss or approve that because I don't know the band. But Chris Adler is my favorite metal drummer and he taught me my metal licks, you know what I mean? By way of, you know, a double kick hooked up to a couch ottoman with a laundry basket and some pillows yeah. on top of it. I learned my three fours by listening to Chris Adler. So but well, I'm not going to dismiss because I I know plenty of drummers that are better than Chris Adler, but those are jazz drummers. They're not metal drummers. Okay, well, these guys were all of that. If I, you know, I, I don't so know I'm not going to dismiss that. I, I don't know I'll how just explain look it. it up these guys, and, these guys were all of that. Like. You know how like what's the right word like virtuosos like they were like insane oh, for sure you ever heard of like, thundercat i have i just don't know why <laughs> I've heard of it. i know i've heard of it um, well, it's also been an old cartoon but thundercat is a bass player story for another time dude's amazing one one okay. grammys but like that's besides the point but go on okay um. Anyways, these guys were like progressive metal, but without screaming. Like, you could definitely hear like the punk influence of like probably mostly from the vocals, honestly, because it was like a high pitched. Oh, okay. You know, like almost eighties esque like vocals, but like ridiculous progressive leads almost the entire time not no the structure was never like verse verse chorus verse chorus bridge you know like it was never like that at all like it, 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 so like it was insane and you know being a guitar person you, you listen to somebody play ridiculous leads the whole time yeah that sounds that's fun as hell dude and oh, like yeah. There was points where they got heavy. They would like hit a chug for a little bit and then growl. But like a lot of it was just really progressive, like hardcore leads. And not like leads like like Metallica, but like full on scale. Like right. Like, you know, very technical. And this was in high school they did this. Now it wasn't as refined and they got better as they went. Um, but yeah, they crown fought an entire album. Chris Adler produced an album and drummed on it because they had lost their drummer. And after that, they went on to continue after they lost their record deal, had to crowdfund an album and then went on. That's how strong the fan base was. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah. And, and that's so like, If I want to pick my top three bands right now, it would be, and I'm not going to put it in order. I can't because it sometimes right. it's like, no, it's, it depends on how when you an feel, album really. comes out, you attach to an album sometimes and it's how you feel at the time or whatever. But like periphery is in my top three protest. The heroes in my top three and God, after that, Who do I listen to the most? 
<laughs> Look at the Nessie for help. <laughs> Trying to find a fucking memory. Periphery and protest here are definitely in the top three. And I don't know if you know Periphery at all, but they're like. No, I haven't. No. They're heavily influenced by Mashuga. Okay. Um, but they're like the new age. They're dom. They they dominate in all aspects of music. They self-produce, self-record, and they're just they have three guitarists. They like they're insane. They're they're fucking brilliant composers. Um, like for me, my taste in music is so all over the place. Like at the moment. I can't say like British punk. I can't really say that because a lot of the bands I listen to come from here in America, but like early two thousands, uh, punk music. And, and really I can't even say punk. It's just like rock. Pennywise or no, no. Like, like for British stuff, like block party and, and the strokes. And then white stripes. The, yeah, I like Jack White. He he's good. I like the stripes, but I like Jack White more when he did his solo shit without that girl. Yeah. Um, you mean his ex-wife? The, the <laughs> that girl is all I care to call. Her. <laughs> um, uh, the Von Bondies with that song "Come On, Come On." Like I'll listen to their other songs, but like the "Come On, Come On," it was like really good. I listen to a lot of jazz music, dude. You go in a different direction than me. Right. But I play different instruments, you know what I mean? Like, I play drums and bass. And currently, I play bass and lead vocals. So, I I like to focus on a lot of stuff that does that. Like, one of my favorite bands is Primus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like Les Les Claypool. You like Rush? Rush is good, but their rock is a little too hyped. I love fucking I guess you could say like I wouldn't say it has too much energy, but its energy is focused in a way that I don't really connect to it. You know what I mean? Oh, 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 oh I totally get what you're saying. Like their instrumentals I really get and and even uh it, oh, fuck, it lacks like it? a punch. It wasn't like the fi- vibe. What was the name of that book that they wrote the song after that book? I don't know. I know Finn... they wrote YYZ after a fucking airport song. But... Yeah, YYZ was good. But uh, damn it. It's one of their Spirit really of the famous radio? songs. No. It's, it's a book Tom about Sawyer. a dude that likes Tom Sawyer. To... Tom Sawyer, right. I was thinking of uh, Finn something. Fuck Finn. But. Huckleberry Huckleberry Finn Huckleberry Finn there you go I was thinking of him but Tom Sawyer that's a cool song but I like YYZ a lot more well YYZ's got a lot more energy for sure yeah but they had fun with it Huckleberry uh, Tom Sawyer was like a ballad like a you know what made Tom you know what made Tom Sawyer good was the drummer yeah, Neil Peart is is no God. no question <laughs> one of the most amazing drummers, but to me, he's too rehearsed. Like, 
when I want to see something rehearsed over and over that it's repeatable, yeah. I want to see something like, like Alan Holdsworth on the guitar. You know what I mean? If you could play a guitar solo and it's, and it's one of the most complex pieces written in his time and he could play it the same note for note over and over again. That's more impressive to me than a drum solo. You know what I mean? Because you can fuck up a drum solo and nobody will know, but you fuck up a guitar solo and everybody's going to call you out. Here's the you thing though. I, mean? I don't, I don't, I actually don't like Neil Peart's drum solos. I don't either. It just sounds I too like rehearsed Neil, to me. I like Neil Peart's drum composition. Yes. The riffs and all that. Yeah. The way he writes, the way the drums for Rush work with the Rush songs I like better than his solos. But if you sat there and listen to other jazz drummers, there's people who are, I wouldn't say debatably better, but the same amount of skill who do a better job. You know what I mean? Because in rock music, you're forced to be repetitive. Whereas in jazz music, you're forced to be different, but, but have the ability to repeat that difference. You know what I mean? I would disagree there. If you mess up twice, it's a mistake. If you mess up three times, it's jazz. <laughs> that's that's a saying for for people who who don't like to. <laughs> that, that's a good one. You got me. You got me. No, but, no, like, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I. Oh, I get exactly what I know exactly what you're saying. And like there's jazz drummers who you would think they're using a double kick. No, and jazz drummers are only insane. One foot. Jazz drummers e- are fucking Exactly. They're fucking it's another animal. It's not the same thing. But Neil Peart is that good. It's that he limited himself to playing rock music when he was too good for that, but it was his style. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'll agree to that. But I think sometimes you have to go like there are certain bands or certain musicians or whatever that they they hit this perfect stepping stone that was right between the area where everybody could grab onto it and the area where nobody would understand it. Right. And he was right in the middle of that. Right. Neil Pearl was better than anybody in his class for sure. He was playing like the stuff that was close enough to like the everyman that they could understand it and vibe with it and they loved right. it. But it was also outside the box enough where people were like, this is different than anybody else. It's insane. But I can still grab a hold of it. And that's it's such an important part of like a musical progression. But for so you can be like the guy average. You could be like there's bands out there, right? That some of my friends got into for like a quick minute in high school, like okay. metal bands that you would listen to and you would go, there is, there is no fucking structure to this at all. But the guy who's playing it is fucking absurdly good. Right. He has to be in order to play this song twice. Even if he just played it twice, three days apart 
for him to remember what he played that one day and then two days later play that same song. Right. There's no discernible fucking reason for you to remember that song. And you go, how the fuck did he play that? And you go, wow, that's fucking insane. But then at the same time, I go, I don't fucking like it at all. Like, I got a band for you. If you would sit and listen to their songs, you might not like that style, but they are so ridiculously good at what they do, especially because like, okay, the guitar player and the saxophone player both come from Israel. So it's a gypsy jazz. You know what I mean? But in a lot of songs, it's really just hard rock and they just do crazy shit in the middle of hard rock and they call it gypsy jazz. You know what I mean? And it's, I send you the name. It's very the link for sure. A link. Yeah, I can, like, I can you ever listen to like those math that. rock bands. Those like math core math rock. I've, I've heard of that, but at the time I heard of it, I was in high school and it was just like, some oh, weird it sucks. Shit to me and just... <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. You know why it sucks? Oh, because there's literally no plan. Or I shouldn't say there's no plan. They know how to repeat it, but there's nothing to grab onto. Right. Like, and and it blows my mind because they are so fucking talented. They really are. Because they'll write a song and never return to what they started at. And I'm not even saying, like, there's bands that I like that are progressive. Like, Between the Barrier to Me and other bands that are progressive as fuck. Super talented. And they may start with a certain beat or riff. Yeah, then move you a to song, another you section. Can get into the artist later, you know what I mean? And they'll move into like another section, right? And everything changes. And then they'll move again to another section and everything changes. And they might never go back to what the song started at. Right. But you don't feel lost because they bring you up as you go. Right. Whereas like Back these mathcore bands are just so chaotic. You're like, I don't have anything here. There's nothing here for me. It's literally just like, chaos for the sake of chaos. But the fact of the matter is these guys are so fucking musically smart and talented that they, they can remember the song, but there's literally nothing that you should remember. Right. Excuse me. When I was in high school, I had a dude and he was a buddy of mine and I didn't know much about like metal music, but I liked it. And uh, he was like, just let me know when you want me to give you like a playlist of some songs. And I was like, okay. So one day I give him a a flash drive and uh, he takes it home and he brings it back with like eight gigs of metal on it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I listened to it, dude. And it's all sorted out. It's all got its own uh, genres and stuff like that. And there was one, I don't know if it said Math Core or Nintendo Core, but the name of the band was like 100 Dead Rabbits or something like that. And I listened to the couple of songs by them and like my mind was kind of blown in a bad way. But at the same time, I thought to myself exactly what you were saying, like, if this is a song and you could play this over and over again, that's nuts. You're alien. You're an alien. And it, you're it literally was, not a human. 
I would have refused to believe that it was made on instruments. Right. But but you could tell that it's made on instruments. Right. But like if you well, didn't if you told me, "Oh, this is completely digitally created. You can't redo this." I'd have believed you. Yeah, then and then like you you catch a fucking YouTube video of it live and you're like, "What the fuck, dude?" Yeah, a hundred dead rabbits <laughs> or a thousand dead rabbits. It's one of those two. Something like that. The band so, I was talking about was Job for a Cowboy. Do I re- I like them, dude. But you could, what? They're insane. Yeah, but what? Tell me how. Yeah. You, no, they're how. insane. Tell me how. <laughs> Job for a Cowboy is insane. Tell me how. Yeah, like the song "Embedded." That shit is yeah. so dark. I it, dude, I don't. I don't even tell me names of songs because that guy. To me, they're all the same. Dude, because they're all nothing. Because they're literally, they're all. I don't even know. I like them. <laughs> it's not that I know a bunch of songs by them, but it's that once in a while you're like, I, I want to hit something deep. Like you remember when we played that game with Cam, and he was like, I want to listen to something that makes me want to punch someone in the fucking face. And I was yeah, like, biscuit break stuff. I was, <laughs> if you tell that to me, I'm down with it. If you tell it to Cam, apparently not. But I was oh, like, I know what he was. He wanted like the heaviest of heavy metal, right? And I'm like, dude, if you play Job for a Cowboy, that's punch somebody in the fucking head, kind of. See, not for metal. me because I literally I can't even attach an emotion to it because it it has nothing. Like, doesn't I? I can't say that I don't believe in attaching music to a religion. But I can say that you can make whatever music you want without attaching it to a religion. You know what I mean? With that being said, a job for a cowboy uh, sounds demonic. You know, not not necessarily like they worship Satan or anything oh, no. like that. They could, but but I'm not saying that they do. I'm just saying it sounds like for me personally if I was to commit violence, it would be to that soundtrack right there. Ah, see for me, I don't even get anything out of it. With some songs, not with all of their songs. With 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 some of those songs, they they can hit some melodies and be melodic and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, you you're right. I think I think you're like I said, I don't remember any of it because I never got into it. But I, I think what I do remember of it, there was something that was there was some stuff in there. Like there was certain things that I was like, yeah, I get this. But like it just wasn't enough for me to hold it. Right. But like that's like just the most famous example I could come up with of like that weird chaos Chaos is a good way to fucking put it, dude. And and there's some other bands, you know, that if even even went further than them, that it was just like I understand that you wrote this, and the fact that you could recreate it, it's just I don't mind mind numbing. Yeah, it doesn't make sense how you remember something that there's nothing to re- there's no root. There's literally no root. Like when when you talk to like a drummer, even a jazz drummer, they go oh, like, "Oh, yeah, they here's got one to work off of." Here's here's number one, right here. And then if they change it to another pattern, they still know that there's a number one here. Yeah. And 
one it's one drummer channel that I watch on YouTube who does reactions and he listens to like uh, you know I watch the videos because a lot of times he's reacting to like a metal band that I know yeah and a lot of modern metal has fantastic drumming oh yeah dude and and he listens for, for to a it long and, time they have yeah especially the like progressive stuff for the, for at least the past 10 15 years they have had extremely talented drummers not just yes. people who specialize in blast beats no they no have, not they even have close. extremely talented people yeah guys who can go from like a, a really good hi-hat basic hi-hat kick pattern right. into like you know into whatever and then also still catch a breakdown on a crash you know what i mean right and then also do do half the breakdown on the basic crash pattern, but then the next measure do a do a offbeat polyrhythm. Right, on the a, like, you know what I mean? Super like, fucked up fill, like, and then yeah, they come like, back perfectly on time. And then and then also have like ghost note snare hits, yeah, at the exact right times, and like so like he, he reacts to a lot of the stuff, and he's a jazz drummer, like he does gigs. I think I know the person you're talking about, dude. Like his name's Garrett, Garrett Miller or something. I think I've just seen his channel a few times. Like jazz drummer tries to play metal and he's like, this is fucking hard, harder. This guy, I don't know if this guy's that, but I've seen that. Uh, This guy's just like jazz drummer reacts or something. But he listens to this metal stuff and after doing a number of them, his reaction was always, where's one? And he actually started making t-shirts and selling them with the, on the front of the t-shirt says, where's one? Yeah, no, but I understand that as a drummer. I, I get that. But at the, at the same time, as a listener, I can say, just listen to the start of the song and you can fuck it. And I get the joke, but, but like in a serious Man, but like all like, the songs, these what, people what, are insane. That oh, they're the drums. What, what I'm, what, I guess the point I was getting at was talking about like the job for a cowboy or like the, the stuff towards that vein of like chaos, mm-hmm. um, and not having anything to grab onto. The, the drummers he's reacting to you and saying, "Where's one?" I can fully follow. Right. So like they're technically very impressive and writing insane compositions on the drums to where like, like, I don't, where's the backbeat? Like, where's the, but yet it fits with the song and like, you can still follow it, even though you can still definitely see the nuances that they're adding. And like the right. weird shit that they're adding, but yet they still give you the structure, something to grab onto. And to me, that to me that's just a little bit more. I don't want to say more skillful, but it's more worthwhile. Yeah, if you can listen to it and you can keep up with it, yes. Like, but if you're the type of person who's just trying it out because somebody asked you to try it out then then like i would just not even worry about it but for people who have an ear for it 
And whether or not you play drums or you even play music, if you have an ear for it, you're automatically a special person because you can decipher sounds that a lot of people just can't. Yes, and it becomes... I honestly think it's it's... I have no idea if it's nature or nurture, but I would say it is a specific type of thinker. I have to, I, yeah, I have to agree with that because people who, uh, some people can listen to fucking, uh, hip hop beats all fucking day and go, that thing slaps, dude. And I go, dude, right. that's what you call slaps. You what? know, that's is garbage. Like I listen to hip hop sometimes, but that's because oh, I have wrong. a very large subwoofer in my truck and I have a single <laughs> cab truck. So my large subwoofer is actually in between the seats. It's right next to your face and it's just, just going off. And I think that's cool, uh, but I don't actually like hip hop in any sense yeah. of the. I don't like the lyrics. Uh, the beat is too simple. I will I'm say down this. with repetitive, but too yeah. s- too well, yeah, simple. You listen to the white stripe or the strokes or whatever. Like you're gonna have some repetitive. But like sometimes there's like a couple of even like the super famous dude, Twenty One Savage, his producer sometimes creates bass lines that are not super repetitive at times in the song. So Here's the thing. Does his producer create that shit or do they hire a good fucking bass player? Because even though in the it's case digitally, of the song that I'm even listening though it's digitally to. made, they will use musicians. So I only have uh like two songs of his on my list of like songs judging off of those two songs. I'm going to have to say his producer. And when I say his producer, I mean the person who produced that beat and not necessarily the the person he looks to, to produce beats because I have a nephew in law who sold a beat to a famous rapper. You know what I mean? So that beat that that rapper has is not produced by his producer per se. I thought, yeah, I, I, you know I, when I mean? you said it, I thought you meant like the album producer. That's what but but no, it sounds like digitally produced music. It doesn't sound like it's, it's produced yeah. by an instrument. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Right, and but a it, lot of times those guys because have of one musical riff. backgrounds. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You saw the Super Bowl halftime show. They had a bunch of instrumentalists up on yeah. stage. And the, and specifically for the Super Bowl halftime show, it was a black dude playing a Jackson guitar. And Jackson guitars are f- formally known for playing metal solos on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like sometimes nowadays, you, nowadays if you don't if you don't make your shit to to go into anything, you're just gonna get washed out. Right. And sometimes like you can you buy just, a Jackson guitar and, and get whatever setup you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and get washed out by a kid on a fucking computer. No, I understand that. Or like, or like nowadays you can buy. And this is, this is part of the reason why like Gibson is dying. And I'm not saying this because I know factually, but I'm saying this because I'm looking at, the musicians that are popular these days and nobody is signed to Gibson, even though Gibson makes some of the nicest right. instruments ever fucking made. 
But the thing is, Gibson isn't fucking changing any of their shit. Right, right. And they only make the bluesy, deep, warm, like sounding. If, if you look at this band I sent you called Marvin, yeah, that dude has at what you would first think is a Stratocaster, yep. but it's not. It's a different company from somewhere else. And it just looks like a Stratocaster. And all these best players in the world, they're not playing on a Fender or a Gibson. Nobody's or a playing a fucking Fender, dude. Unless it's for like, fucking, unless it's ironic or if it's like a hipster thing. Or for quite a bit of money. Well, yes. But, but I would argue that that money is bad marketing because the people they're paying to play those probably aren't popular as far as the new school i have to 80 percent agree with you on that but for the 20 percent take it's an outlier for, example, for sure right it's outliers right say the bass player for lamb of god john campbell he's uh he's sponsored by uh esp yep. and he has a signature bass that's that's under the stream series now i've bought one of these bass guitars and even the cheap ones are ridiculously good bases. I just personally don't have the skill level to put it to work. Right. But he plays a stream series bass, and I'm going to buy an expensive one eventually when, when I can afford it. Right. But, like, I had one, and I sold it, and I really, really wish I didn't sell it. Right. And it's an, a very nice bass. And so... Now, uh, now, at what, now in the past... so. Remove the last 10 years. Oh, they didn't make it. Nobody fucking would ever have played an ESP bass. A few people have, but that's like it. That's also in the Jackson territory, like metal. You know, oh, what but I mean? you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a buddy. I have a buddy who we grew up. We went to high school together. Same class. We grew up listening to not exactly the same metal, but we all yeah, right. listened to a lot of the same metal. A lot of the same influences, slight right. variations. He's always been in bands. He's been playing bass like, since junior, junior high. He loves a Fender P bass. Exactly what I was gonna say is a lot of people don't play those other ba- those other brand names, like the Red Hot Found Chili Peppers. Loves. Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers. Flea played. Um, he played a Stingray for a while and he played a Fender P bass for a while, but, but the bass that nobody else plays that flea played went out of business for a while. And then they came back and that brand name is called Modulus. So he played a Modulus bass and, uh, they went out of, out of, what do you call it? Out of business. And then they came back. But in the meantime, he had played largely, uh, uh, Ernie Ball Stingray and then a Fender P bass. Yep. And it's like everybody plays a Fender. And that's why I don't have no fucking Fenders. You see, I got a fucking that's a uh that's a ESP bass. Okay. And then this is a D'Angelico guitar. And I don't even know how to fucking strum on a guitar, dude. <laughs> but I don't want a Fender. You know right. what I mean? Everybody has a fucking Fender. What do I want one for? I could borrow your fe- fucking Fender. My my buddy has 
of Fender. I got two buddies and they both got the same fucking guitar. Yeah. They're so, both made in Mexico. They're both Telecasters. What, what do I want a fucking Fender for? So like, I just watched a YouTube video where this, this guy, I don't know. I might've posted it in the channel or I don't know if I did in the discord. This guy did a YouTube video. He did a fucking fuckload of tests on what makes a guitar sound good. Right. Literally. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I literally. None of the fucking wood made a difference. These days, no. They don't. No. And that, no, but no, that's like, obvious because you call anything it electric. electric nothing anything electric. made a difference. If it's called electric, the wood has nothing to do with it. Because but, you but, can but like, alter but like for years, people believe it does. You don't even have to have wood. That's what I'm saying. He did a whole you thing. Could, you could just put strings and have pickups on a table under it and make it sound like whatever you want to. That's that's what he proved. He did a test. He bought. He had his. And I didn't. Guitar. I didn't even watch that video, dude. I just talked with you, you for a second about it. Yeah. It, it's so, not that I know, but it's that you watched it. You said some things, and it made me realize. Oh yeah, no, that's true. That's it, yeah. and it makes sense. He did a bunch of shit. He had his high-end guitar that he plays all the time. He played it through the same amp, the same everything. And then he bought a parts caster, which is like a Telecaster that you assemble yourself. Right. Kind right, of deal. Right, right. Put it together. Played it through all the same equipment. Same right. everything. Okay. Sounded like shit compared to his right. nice guitar. Well, he started doing some different shit. He swapped the pickups out for the same pickups that were in his high-end guitar. That would be the first and biggest part. Sounded fucking a lot fucking better. Immediately. Right, right. Did a couple more things. Got down to the point where he measured the distance between the pickups and the strings. The action, okay. The pickups, he raised the pickups closer to the strings. Sounded infinitely better. Yeah, uh, dude. Made, made sure the bridge and the hardware were this like were different. He tried different bridges and hardware. Nothing really changed. Uh, as long as the electronics were the same high quality and the yeah. pickup was the same distance from the string, it sounded the same. So as and long he, as you got your hardware and you got your instrument adjustment accordingly. Yes. You can and make then he went all out. He went even further. He went out to his barn and made a guitar from one bench to another bench. Literally now, over nothing. Now the thing is, is let's say let's take for example three different pieces of wood, right? You got a bench from a barn right you got a cheap piece of shit hundred dollar guitar and then you have a really expensive guitar now say your expensive guitar costs three thousand dollars but you buy pickups that cost five thousand dollars i don't know what these pickups are these are just numbers but let's just say that automatically your hundred dollar guitar costs two thousand dollars more than your $3,000 guitar because you replace the equipment and your free guitar that you made yourself also cost $2,000 more than the store bought $3,000 guitar just because you, you replace the electronics by yourself. You know what I mean? What those guitars don't have 
is this bass cost 900 bucks. Right. If I pluck the string and I'm sitting in one corner of the room and you're sitting in the other corner of the room, you'll hear me pluck the string even though it's a solid body. It's not any it's not semi hollow. It's right. not hollow. It's none of that. You will hear me because the wood vibrates that loud. Now that's what well, the string vibrates, but the wood also vibrates and the wood resonates the sound that loud to you from across the room. You can get a string that vibrates and you will hear the fact that I plucked the string and you will hear the fact that the string is vibrating, but you won't hear it make a specific tone. This bass, you will hear it make the specific tone all the way up and down the neck. Because I've tested that and I know that, but that's nice wood. It's a nice base. It's not the nicest. Of course, you could spend $5,000 on a base, but it's also not got other features like the same sound coming from a lighter base. That motherfucker weighs like 12 pounds, 13 pounds. If I wasn't a big dude, it would be a, a chore to carry on stage. They got bases that play louder and they're still solid bodies. They play louder, they play more clear, and they only weigh five or six pounds. Yeah. I can't afford a $3,500 base. No. You know what I mean? I bought this bitch on a credit card. I can't even afford it. But I liked it, and I seen it, and I needed to raise my credit, so I got it. Right. And uh, you can hear the strings plucked. This microphone might not be able to pick it up, but your ears can pick it up from across the room. Albeit it can't be a very big room, but in what guitar can you sit across a, an entire gymnasium? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So well, I think the, the, the idea of that test fun. was like, if you're playing an electric guitar. Electric exactly, guitar, exactly. It's not it has the wood. nothing to do with the wood at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. No, for sure. For sure. So but like, but like you, a lot of people okay. believed it. A lot of people believed it did though. For a long time. What does matter about the wood is that if you have shitty wood, the neck feels shitty. Oh, the yes. sound quality is good. But the video, I don't think was about the feel of the guitar. I don't think no, so. It wasn't. It was what, about the what sound. The, what the thumbnail seemed to, to tell me was that it was about the sound. It had nothing to do with the feel. So I'm ignoring all of that. The right. Well, you have to, first of all, if you're going to play the thing well, you have to fucking like the guitar. Right. Right. It has to, you know, fit to what you're trying to do. Like, so for example, this fucking guitar over here, I was young. I bought it because it was cheap. Now, I was young. I had a bunch of guitars. I had guitars way better than that. Right, right, I was right. Young okay. and stupid. <laughs> like, I had, I had a, I had a, an Epiphone Les Paul. Oof, yeah, I like those. And, I don't care if it's a Gibson or not. I like, I like Les Pauls. Dude, it was, it was fucking cherry sunburst. It was beautiful, with chrome pickups and chrome hardware. Dude, and I got cream, rid of one too. I feel your pain. Cream knobs, ivory inlays, or not ivory, but like um mother of pearl like fake whatever right nice fuck pearl sunburst rosewood fretboard beautiful guitar oh i feel your pain dude i bought it used 
you know, sold it, needed money or whatever. I don't know, whatever, dumb shit. Fine, whatever. I wanted another guitar. This one was cheap, fairly cheap. The reason I bought it was because it had a rosewood fretboard, an alder body, and a set neck. Okay. So, like, back in those days, based on the research I had done and read about and heard about from other people and stuff, set neck guitars were desirable. Alder bodies were desirable slightly below mahogany. Right. And rosewood fretboards were desirable. And it was cheap as shit. And I was like, and it was like on sale or something. I was like, I'm going to get that now. Like, I'm going to grab that. That's all those things are great. (laughs) Little did I know that's nothing to do with anything. Really? If I replace all the fucking hard uh, electronics in that thing with top end shit, it'll probably sound amazing. Yeah. But how about the neck under the fretboard though? But it's got a fat ass neck, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's great for probably playing some fucking power chords and some old school punchy power chord shit. Right. But it's got a fat ass neck, man. It's not fast. Unless you're fucking Shaquille O'Neal. It's probably fast for Shaquille O'Neal. Maybe the size of his hands, man, dude. That's why I don't You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just got a big neck. Whereas, like, if you grab a Jackson Dinky. Yeah, yeah. It's like a slim neck. It's fucking. Now, this base, it's one piece all the way down, and then the sides are just wings. I see that. I can see that. I can see it from here. So, it's It's like. That's a neck through, right? Yeah, it's a neck through design. Neck through. And uh, the, I don't know if it's roseboard or if it's rosewood or if it's, uh, it's, it's too light to be ebony, but I'm not sure that it's rosewood. But I know that that's mahogany and then some kind of oak. I forget the specific name of it because I bought that shit some years ago. But uh, it's really funky to work with, man. The truss, the truss rod adjustment is right there. Yep. It's not at the head. It's it's the base, yeah, the, base of the neck. It's in the base, and it's really a pain in the ass to work with because not because you can't get to it because I can get a wrench that I can fucking get to it, but you don't want to fuck up the wood around it because now you're fucking up the base. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. But I, I don't really know like enough the about that individual shit. saddles and shit and all that other. I understand like all of those things. I just will not do it to my own shit. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't want to pay for it. You know I, what I mean, listen, I don't want to pay for anything, but if I ever was... fucking, I got this guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Partly because of like the, the makeup of it. Right. And partly because um, somebody, some guitarist I know played this fucking body style and I can't right. fucking remember who it was. And I just liked it because it looked really old school and cool. I want to say it might've been like, um, who the fuck played that? Somebody played this fucking guitar and I can't remember. Um, 
Maybe Anthrax. I wouldn't doubt it. Something like somebody played something like that, and I was like, and it was really cheap, dude. And it was the, the price of it was absurd at the time for a set neck guitar with the construction right. it had. Right. And, and I was like, I'm grabbing this. Like I grabbed it. I wanted a cheap guitar, and it just looked cool. I liked the body yeah, style. It looks cool for sure, for sure. And same with this. So, like, at some point, I would love to bring this to a fucking pro and have it outfitted with, I'm not going to say high-end stuff, but, like, good mid-level electronics and then have it adjusted so that the action sits nice and there's no buzz and all that shit. Just get it fucking mint. With a yeah, moderate, no, I'm down with electronic, that. And, so, but I'm not gonna do that myself because I'll be here right. for 17 hours with a micrometer for the fucking so caliper. The electronics on this one is nice. The bass sounds real good. Uh, the wood is good, so the the sustain is there. I can I can slide up and down the neck three times, yep. three three ways both both up and down, so six times. Without the note dying down, the wood resonates between the strings that well. But the problem I see, was that's where I think you're wrong. I think that has everything to do with the fact that it's constructed well and the fact that the electronics work well. Well, I've had this is not my only bass, so I've had the opportunity to go about different bases, yep. and the length of the neck is different than that of a guitar. So on sure. a guitar, it's easier to go up and down without the note dying. On right, but bass, people have uh, even guitar so players hard. have talked about sustain. Right. And one of the things that used to be said was sustain had to do with being a bolt-on neck versus a set neck, or versus a mahogany body versus this body versus uh, this body style versus this body style. Right. That's why everybody loved the Gibson Les Paul because it had so much wood. So let me comment on that for a second. There's a bassist named Carl Clues. Uh, he's not real big by any stretch, but he's really, really good. And he doesn't play bass. Uh, he plays bass guitar, but he doesn't play any basses with a head or yep. with a wooden fretboard. Yep. He plays headless basses and yep. carbon I've fiber seen a lot of those. headboards. Be, I mean, uh, uh, fretboards, because uh, there's supposedly no dead spots in the neck. Which makes, that actually makes a lot of sense. Right. But unless you've played hundreds of different bases, you right. wouldn't really know or give a fuck about a dead spot, because if there's dead spots in this base. Well, you would if you noticed it. Right. Yes. So I record music. If there's dead spots in this base, I haven't no. cared about it thus far. Right. You know what I mean? No, well, I would I would I would venture to say that most of them don't. But the people but who are because really you're dealing good. with because you're dealing with wood, I can see where there everyone is different. Everyone comes from a different piece of wood. But maybe where there may or may not be a dead spot in this base, 
I haven't played something that specifically hits on that dead spot. Right. Because no, that's what I'm saying though. It's probably like point one percent of of those guitars. I've dealt with a dead spot, but it had specifically to do with the program and where the digital altering of the notes okay. was was uh, I don't know the word for it, but when the digital making of the notes translates over to my speaker. Yep. There's the lower notes. They don't come out so much. You know what I mean? Because of the program. But when I plug it into the amplifier, it sounds just fine. Sounds fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something isn't translating. Yeah. I don't know because I'm not a fucking music (laughs) technician. You know what I mean? I ain't a scientist. Right. (laughs) <laughs> so I haven't seen any issue with this bass and giving me something, even though you can see his fancy wood all the way up and down. Well, that's like, I think a lot of the, like what the video we were talking about earlier, it's like, that's, I think that's a lot of the argument is like fucking some of the stuff that people are, are talking about or complaining about. Nobody fucking actually fucking hears the difference, dude. Right. Like right. Your, your $5,000 guitar Sounds exactly the same as a fucking twelve hundred dollar guitar, to almost everybody. Right, and <laughs> at a certain point, a lot of that money has to diminishing do with just return. the wood. Diminishing returns. Yeah, dude. Like, for example, let me kill my stir. You know who that is, right? Uh Motorhead. Yeah, Motorhead. Yeah, he got a fifty thousand dollar bass. Yes, a spade. Right, dude. That's one of my favorite <laughs> songs, dude. It's on my playlist, dude. He got a fifty thousand oh, dollar bass. No. Lemmy is God. They, that's one of my top three bass players. Is is him, Les Claypool, and Thundercat. Lemmy is God, and uh, his bass guitar is only really expensive because the intricate wood decoration. Oh yeah, when you get to a certain level. You pay for the fucking clout, and man. <laughs> he doesn't want the fancy electronics. He wants it to sound distorted when you turn it all the way up because that's the kind of music he was playing. That's what they were doing, man. Yeah. Plus, he was playing with a pick anyways. It, it was like he was... That's, you a finger he player? Was, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't play all buddy. rock music. We're playing with my buddy. My buddy Joe plays uh, fingers only. I don't play with a pick. It's illegal. My Dude, my, my buddy told you about my buddy who plays the P bass only. Yeah, dude. My Sick buddy plays. Shit, my buddy plays a Fender P bass with flat wound strings, and plays fingers only. I've been curious about flat wound strings, but I play. Uh, I got a little bit of too much funk pop in the music that I play. Yeah, so so, so what he does is he plays. In uh, so one of his bands was like almost like an 80s thrashy kind of band. Okay. And um, his other band that he's in most recently is like a metalcore band. And then like his kind of like side gig is him and one of my other buddies play as a duo. They play in like a, just like a kind of a fun jokey kind of group where the two of them play like odd songs together. And right. they put foot they put foot tambourines on. Oh nice. 
So like they just like play it like at, like at parties and shit like that together. There's no way um, you can see it, but I I got a cajon somewhere, and on the inside of the cajon has a little tambourine, little metal pieces, kind of like a snare drum, but they just sit right there. That's funny. So like they play as a duo. My but um one of my friends plays guitar and sings, and my buddy plays bass and does like backup vocals, and they both have foot tambourines on their nice. shoe. <laughs> They just fuck nice, around. Very nice. They play like goofy songs. That's the best um, kind of band you can be in, dude, is when you're oh, just that. having fun no matter what the fuck you're doing. Dude, they're 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 famous to like the fucking twenty-five people that go to a garage party. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's always a blast when they play. It's fun as hell yeah, dude. And That's uh great. but he plays a fender P bass with flat rounds and he plays with just his fingers. But he also plays like '80s thrash style, right? With his fingers, so he's learned. He plays with three fingers. Three fingers. He can yeah, do yeah. triplets. There's a metal band. Uh, I seen. He I also, seen these people. He also Go plays ahead. lead leads. Sorry. I, he okay. Plays, okay. Like he likes to play slightly. Progressive. He is a Les Claypool fan. He is a um, a Rush fan. Like so, right. like you know, he takes that into his his bands where like they're all playing. He doesn't just play the root note over and over again. Right. As and does like the as, as he, he scales. That's good. That's good. So like, I can't um, remember the name of this band, dude. The fucking, you've heard of Anthrax, right? Yeah, of course. So you know the t- the song "Got the Time." I would I'd have to hear it, but no, it's I don't. Like, it's like it's like a punky song called "Got the Time." It's like it's like a box. I'm, I might have. It's like a the riff is like a box on the strings. Oh, the band I'm talking about is called Behemoth. I've heard of them. But I don't know him. But I have yeah, heard I him. saw them, and he plays nothing but three fingers on the bass. Three fingers on the pick hand? Uh, yes, because like you know, being metal, they got complicated, you know, rhythms and shit, and so he's got to use three fingers to keep up with that. Yeah, so like, that and he's got like these my buddy. chubby little sausage fingers, dude, and it was really kind of funny to look at him. Because it barely looked like he was moving, but I could see everything that he was doing. Because he was like right Robert, like Robert Trujillo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smaller hands than that. This guy was shorter than me. I'm six foot six one, maybe. This guy in Behemoth was smaller than me, but he was like really Port- stocky. Portly. Yeah, yeah, dude. So my buddy, and he just had is... his hands, and they they just looked like this, and it was a perfect three finger stroke. Dude, that's fucking funny. So my buddy is talking about is probably five eight, five nine. Okay. And I don't know, uh, two hundred pounds, two ten. Oh, that's hefty. I, I'm I I could be way off, but that's hefty for that weight. I mean, like it depends on what you talk about. Like he's a port. He's been always been like a little heavier. Okay. I'll you can't see it, it, but that. from here. To here is 24 inches on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, you look like a linebacker. And I weigh 250. 
but I'm only six one. I'm not yeah, super you're... duper tall. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you so look for overweight. some people, no. like thank you. For some people, they're fucking hefty, dude. If if he's five eight and he weighs two hundred pounds, he looks like I'm me, just smaller. I'm not good at that stuff. I just say like I don't know. He could be two. He could be one ninety. I don't fucking know. To be honest, he's just he's, he's always been a heavier dude. But right, he's shorter right. than me, and I'm six feet flat. So, and he was rocking that base, right? Chubby guy. And he plays fingers only, flat wounds, three fingers. But what he does is he puts his thumb on the top of the pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can do like triplets all day because like one of his bands is a metalcore band. And sometimes they play. Oh, he plays them all in one band. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, nice. I say this like one of the bands was like a more 80s style, and the, all the dudes in it were older. They, right, and the right. band had been around our town for a long time. And that's the one that makes the money. No, they don't play together that much. Oh, no. But they okay. still play. One of the guys moved out of town, but they still write albums. They still write. Okay. Last I knew, it's been a while. Last I Where knew, I'm from. Still, that's the type of band that makes the the pay the bills type of money. I don't know. I would say, I would say these days no, because they're not selling anything, and they're not playing together not as playing much often enough. Yeah. But like the the band that's in town is him and more guys my age, and maybe a couple guys younger that play like a metalcore style. They'll play right. more songs locally, so they'll probably get paid a little bit more because they play more gigs. That's really Which, cool, though, dude. Well, most of the gigs, they're not getting paid. Let's be honest. They're not making any money. I'm being... They're not making any well, money. I mean, proportionally, even fucking, a little bit is something, but if you're doing what you like to do... Well, they might you know, go to a place and play for free beer. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I've done that. We're, we're in I've a small that. town, man. They're not doing shit. But they just love to play together. And like when we all go out, we love it. It's fun. It is. Like we love them. It is. I have I've their t shirts. I have a couple of their t shirts. Um Excuse just me. guys. Like everybody in the band is a guy who works in my town. Like they all have jobs and Right. And they play music together. And like my buddy, the one I'm talking about, has been playing forever. He's been in so many bands since I've known him in high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it goes from '80s style thrashy stuff to one band he was in uh, a handful of years ago was fucking really heavy. Yeah, like really heavy. Tiny. And then to this band now, which is like straight up, like kind of like metalcore, almost like cliche metalcore, <laughs> if that makes sense. And, I, I'd uh, need a small example, but I think I know what you're talking about. Like heavy with some breakdowns, but their tuning is not super low. And okay. they have singing. Like Devil Wears Prada, you mean? Less complex. More okay. like Bullet for My Valentine, maybe. Okay. If that makes sense. I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then him and my other friend, 
also play in that duet that duet where they play like almost like punky grungy ironic bullshit music like i'd like to like, catch a video of that dude i'd love to catch a video I, i'll try to see if he has some clips of it to send you. right but he plays like you know he likes to take his bass playing into like the realm of like playing a little bit of like lead work like instead of just okay. playing the root note yeah yeah so like he adapted the three finger style at some point um does and he, he likes sing the flat... it all? Just backup vocals, like for like chanting or like. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't sing, but like, yeah, right, right. Like you know, in the duet band, he does when they do like a chorus or a chant. Right. He's yelling. You know what I mean? Or you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Just like backing vocals to add like a layer. Or something. That kind of shit is so fun, man. Yeah, because you oh, can yeah. just get to yell like a fucking primal idiot <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude playing but, music like, sometimes some of the best stuff that you can do dude i cannot play for shit but i the way my brain works is i understand it so well like right. that's why when i talk to you about protest the hero and periphery it's like these guys are i understand composition and i've learned enough of guitar and been around fucked around with drums enough to know that what they're doing is insane. Right, right, right. And like, I understand to me, what makes a great song or band or whatever is not necessarily how good the player is playing, but how well all of the stuff comes together. Yeah. They're playing in a band. Yeah. But, but not only like it's composition. It's like right. not only you can solo over a song and it sounds like shit the whole time, but you could play no solos and the song be good. Of course. Or, or, or you could be one of those guys who plays by himself all the time. Right. And he knows right. all the scales and all that shit. And he can sit there and you can sit there and watch him play by himself through an amp. You can sit right next to him. Yeah. His solos sound fucking godly and heavenly. Right. And then you can listen to a band where you're like, this fucking band is incredible. And the song is incredible. And you hear the solo and you go, fuck, that sounds good, dude. And then if you were to sit there and listen to that guy play the same exact solo you just heard by himself, it would sound retarded. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. You know what I'm saying? I've yeah, I've been there. It's like, it's not traditionally good by itself. Right. I don't know what it is, but to me, like composition is everything. Like the way a s certain thing sets up the next thing. And that's kind of why I've, I think I was drawn to like breakdowns for a while. Right. I still right. like a breakdown, but a breakdown can be shit also. Yeah. Like, sometimes a song builds up to a spot and then hits you with something. You go, Yes, I understand that this is what everybody knew was going to happen. And everybody, it's, it was telegraphed a mile away. Right. But like it, the rest of the song was written well and it set up this moment. And then the moment hit and you can't help but feel the breakdown. 
Right. Because the fucking thing built up to it. And yes, you wanted the breakdown and you knew it was coming, but it, but that's fucking human, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think songs, just like we've talked about that, uh, that song Bleed by Meshiga, it's like one big, I don't know if I want to call it a breakdown, but it's kind of like one big breakdown. And that's why, to me, it hit so hard. It's just like it, I, yeah. I skipped all the crescendo. It builds tension. Dropped into this fucking head rock and breakdown. And then, like, that's it just sticks right there. There's I feel like else. that song is the opposite of what we typically see, which is like we build and build and build, and then we hit you with a moment. This song right. gave you the moment the whole time. And, and then when it breaks, it. it's a release from the moment. Yeah. Like dude. it keeps you tense the entire time and then it goes, ah, here's a break. Right. And it's like, and then it's, it's like, like, oh, we're really back into the break? shit. It's, it's, I don't, I don't know how to explain that shit, but it's but, like the yeah. way it lines up, it's exactly the same, but, but one person drops out and just plays droning notes. So it kind of relaxes you, even though you got this chaos going on in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, man, I could get used to being right here in the midst of all this chaos. It's exactly right. They they literally like in that song, they're literally almost training you to be okay with right. the shit that you don't think you should be okay with. And that's nuts because they do a good fucking job of doing that. They really do. And and that's that's part of the, I think the appeal of like the grindcore era that peaked for a little while. Uh huh. Where like everything was a dissonant note. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were like you could hear all that in the speakers, and you were like, "Wow, this note is fucking horrid," but the reason it worked is because they sit because they're setting you up with this horrible fucking note in order to drop you onto a fully clean actual chord right the next measure and like you're so on edge from that horrible note that the next one comes and you go yup that's the clean one that I was do you know who Victor Wooten is no no he's one of the best bass players like to have ever lived and he's still alive and one of his things was always that there's no wrong note to be played but on the neck if you play a wrong note the right note is either one note down or one note up. It doesn't matter, but there's no wrong note. It's just a transition into the right note. So long as you could play it in time. And it's, it's like metal it's bands take like, advantage of that. It's performance, man. It's yeah, dude. What you just said reminds me of what standard comedians always say is like, they, are literally one or two words or one inflection away from a joke working sometimes. Right. And it's like, I say it this way and then I hit the punch and it gets nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I cut this word out and I switch the tagline and I change the inflection a bit. And then it hits and every single person in the room is fucking laughing their ass off. I think I've heard that before. I think I've heard what you're saying. What you just said is like, 
you can play a note that is and most people understand this inherently that this note doesn't sound good right but the way you structure the composition of that so where that note leads or where that measure leads right and then it releases into this next section you go fuck i feel uncomfortable about this note it doesn't fit it feels awkward and then yeah, right. next thing comes and you go yeah that's the fucking resolution exactly what of the I was tension say. they just the next built. note the next note resolves the all everything that you just played whether it was it was theoretically uh incorrect or not the almost all the best bands say they don't that. follow theory whatsoever some of them don't even know theory uh the best players learn to play without theory and they only learn theory later on to have conversation with other musicians see i so like my one of my favorite probably my favorite band periphery the kind of the front man who's kind of like really in charge of like well he's been like an original member the whole time also right. um a lot of the production goes through him okay he has been on um, numerous channels interviewing people, talking about music. Um, do you know Rick Beato? No, but I, I feel like I should. It's a big YouTube guy. He's a wicked music guy. Like He's been to Congress to argue about fair use laws and, and all kinds of shit. Mm. But he's like a wicked music guy. He has a huge YouTube channel. Discusses music composition, theory, everything. And he's been on interviews with him and said, I know nothing about theory at all. Right. And he writes insane music. He's like, this is just what sounds good. I couldn't tell you what the fuck it is. But this That's is what discipline sounds right good. there is not knowing about what you're doing and continuing to do it anyways. Well, it's, it, it's not, it's what it is, is like, he knows what he's doing. He just can't tell you the terminology. Right. If, if you really think about it. Right. Okay. I that's, mean, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's playing it. He knows it sounds right. He knows these notes go together. He must have an idea of like what scales go together. It's like, right. I couldn't tell you what the fuck scale that is or what. He just does it. Yeah, it's a lot of people who got that kind of I think people that do learn the theory first end up in a box. I have to agree, man, because I know people who who knew like how to study music. They never created anything out of what they learned. They They can probably pick up some some music sheets and play it. They can talk about it. They can learn somebody else's song. That's how I feel, though. <laughs> I feel like, uh, give me some tabs, man. I'll figure out this song. I know the, I know the rhythm, right? But when I sit there and just fucking fuck around on the guitar, I'm like, what am I doing? This is awful. Like sometimes when you find a jam, even if it's a simple jam, it's like a, a two-five-one chord progression, and you're just sitting there strumming them chords. Like that's the best time that you could have. 
other times somebody's asking you to figure out something and then you're stuck figuring it out and then you finally figure it out and then the energy is gone between you and your buds or even with yourself you know what i mean oh yeah a lot of the songs that i love when i sit and pick out like a certain riff that one of the guitars is playing i go right it's basic as fuck it really is almost every good song comes off of something basic Oh yeah, they call uh, they got a whole stream of things called a four chord song, yeah. and it's like people make videos about the same four notes in the same chord progression, and there's hundreds of songs, yep. Yep. and they play the same, and the, but they just redo the extra bits and they just start playing other songs. Simpsons did it. I know there are some people on YouTube. Uh, is something like the internet guys or something like that something real goofy like that and they did that kind of thing and i'm like sure these I are the, all the songs with the same fucking chord progression <laughs> yeah like everything from hannah montana to billy joel like they got the same chord progression the same notes mm-hmm. hip-hop songs country songs pop songs everything on the radio is just like think about this nuts. Just go from smoke on the water to ACDC to right. It's all the same, dude. It is the most popular shit is just the same shit. Drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, man, it's time for me to wrap this up, dude. It's getting Come a little here, late, buddy. and I gotta put this fucking food away that I made. I'm gonna eat some, but I gotta put that shit away. Hell yeah, it was great talking to you, man. And uh, thanks for having me on and and, uh, chit-chatting with me for a little while. Oh, anytime, buddy. We'll probably have to do another episode. Oh, yeah, me and you can talk for fucking ever. It's just that, you know, between this food and getting on late in the first place, we only had so much time. But, man, I can go a whole full work shift talking about (laughs) nothing. (laughs) We'll do an eight-hour shift and not get paid, bro. Come on. Hey, it's getting paid if you like it. It's just not money. That's all. That's true. Money's that's fake it. anyways. That's, man, that's the closest to the truth you can get. <laughs> that's the closest right. to the truth you can get. So if you want to fucking plug anything, do you have any plugs? Do you have any social media stuff like that? Uh, I don't do anything really on social media. Everything is like personal and it's boring. It's not that it's personal. It's just boring. But I do have uh, my band's page. Uh, all that will just upload into the Discord. My band's name is La Vida. All one word. L-A-V-I-D-A. That's a good way to remember it. All one word. Capital L, capital V. Um, other than that, you know, you can find us. You can find us everywhere on all streaming services. But the only place that I can factually back us up is on Spotify. I don't do Apple because I don't have anything Apple. But okay. we are on iTunes. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on everything else because that's where the company puts us at. So uh, you can you can uh, look us up. Hopefully up we corporate. can. Uh, right with the suits. Hopefully we can get a sample of the of the song somewhere some of the time and then people can check it out. I'll but plug it in the Discord for sure. I'd appreciate it, man. We'd appreciate it. 
some good stuff, dude. Some of the most, uh, some of the funkiest uh, alt rock coming out of the Central Valley of California, man. Blue country. No. <laughs> some of it borderline, but it's everywhere, man. The music is everywhere. There's only a few songs up right now, but we're almost done with the first album. And once that first album comes, it's just going to slam 12 more songs onto that. And then after that, you know, it's just going to keep rolling out. You know, you'll see it in the discord. Cause as soon as that drops, I'll put it out too. Yeah, dude, we'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. I thank you very much for having me on and, and and plugging that for me so dude i had a blast sitting here and shooting the shit with you for a while dude you made a fucking you did a lot of work let's face it i try you cooked a whole fucking seafood boil you did we talked politics we talked gaming we talked music we talked god everything i do i try to get everywhere man this is the first time I did a like a seafood That's a good song. boil. Well, you played it already? I've been everywhere, man. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, I like that song. Uh, my brother really liked Johnny Cash growing up, dude. So I'm in Reno, I, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Tulsa, Panama, all of us. Oh, dude. Yeah, I like that song. I can dig some Johnny Cash, dude. I I sit there and listen to it. Soundgarden got that rusty cage. I didn't know that was a Johnny Cash song. That's Soundgarden, a good song, classic. All right, well, yeah. Until next time, for sure, dude. And then, uh, if at any time before an, another stream or a broadcast or podcast, you know, let's catch some games, brother. Absolutely, I'll fucking you'll be able to find him in the Discord. Black D hide. Jared. You could Yeah, dude. You call shout either me. one of those. That's what he said. Just shout me. And uh if I can't make it, I'll tell you when I can make it. That's all you can ask. You know what I mean? Alright, motherfuckers. Let this guy go to bed. No, you can't have any of his seafood dinner. Eh, maybe. Eh, maybe. Yeah, travel a long way, but maybe. <laughs> Thanks again, bro. All right. No sweat, buddy. Later, dogs. Yeah, I